Welcome to She's a 10 times 5. You got it. That's the big 5-0. Listen along as we try to figure out our what's next as we venture into this new age of reinvention. Through relatable topics, real-life stories, and inspiring guests, join us on our journey of growth and laughter. Hey, I'm Lori, former Army Airborne Captain, but don't let that fool you. I'm the loose cannon. And I'm Lisa, a girl's girl who loves sugar, but watch out for that spice. Let's do this. Hey, everyone. Welcome (laughs) to She's a 10 times 5. Oh, my gosh. It's another Saturday. We are in Studio 50 on a Saturday. We are committed. We are committed. And it's a beautiful, gorgeous day in San Diego. And we are here in Studio 50. And we're going to light it up. We are going to light it up. And just to break any myths, I do not have a hangover. Just need to say that because I think everyone thinks. (laughs) But Uh, we do have the Snapchat photos. (laughs) Yes, but they were. Sadly, they were sober. Yeah, but you look smoking hot. I loved it. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Today is, I really am looking forward to today because... Our guest today is somebody I've been wanting to get in studio for a long time, and I feel like we're going back to our roots because she encompasses a, you know, we always have a great friend usually that fits right in the category that we're looking for, but B, she embodies everything about our message of she's a 10 times five and living your best life and rediscovering yourself and, and finding your new groove. And so being that we know her and that she has a great story to tell us, it's going to make for a great morning. Let's be honest. She's a fucking Swiss army knife. <laughs> she is. Like the, the woman has done more things than, I mean, what's up next? Like solving world <laughs> hunger, taking down Facebook. Um, please do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But the best thing about her is she's a lot of fun. She's a lot of fun. She and, so much and, fun. and has a lot of gravitas to add to the fun. Mm-hmm. And what, other thing that I really love about what our guest, and I'm going to tear up in two seconds, is she's all about sisterhood. And yes. her whole journey has been about empowering women and supporting women. And that's kind of what our wheelhouse is yeah, all about. Exactly. Okay, so without further ado, our batshit crazy guest today is the Randy Crawford. And look, her bio is like five pages long. I'm going to net it out in a very informal way and just give the choice nuggets because you're going to tell your story and it's an awesome one. Okay. All right. First and foremost, she was Randy Crawford, the co-founder of a women's health care company with a focus on ding, ding, Mm -hmm. midlife women. Love it. When when she wasn't a midlife woman, though. When she wasn't a midlife woman and, you know. I might know a few, I, I might know a few midlifers. Yeah. And most of the time was spent with doctors developing content in both Eastern and Western medicine, including Deepak Chopra. Anyone hear of that guy? <laughs> oh, that's a little familiar. Okay. Trying to help women navigate this time of life. Okay. Here's where it gets interesting. So she kind of took a step back did the mommyhood thing, maybe got a little bored. And when her kids got a little bit more independent, well, you didn't get bored, but you started to feel more time. She's nodding her head. Yeah, I was a little bored. She started to write a column, which we loved. It was called Rant with Randy in a local newspaper. And it focused on anything having to do with being a parent. And it was a great column. It was such a great column. We all looked forward we to it. We loved it. It was honest and raw and friggin' funny as hell. Okay, so then on a whim... Because she's done things like bartending and fun stuff, fun so just stuff, self-education. Yeah. yeah, just all these crazy things. On a whim, she went and applied for a job in retail and she knew nothing about it. But that's Randy. So Randy, <laughs> she became this salesperson extraordinaire at Anthropology, one of our favorite stores. That place rocks. And in that process, found herself loving working with women of any ages and all ages. And that's where her joy and happiness comes from. So fast forward to today. Now what Randy is doing is working with women again. And through her Jay Shetty coaching, is that I do that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And his focus on serving others, that's what Randy is all about. And with young women, she's becoming a, not just a role model, but an advocate and a coach. Welcome, 
Thank you. Did I, hit, did I hit all the marks? Oh, my God. You told her whole story. I love it. I, know, I think we're done here. I know. I don't know if we need to keep going. <laughs> well, then let's talk about Ellen because she's right behind us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She yes. is. I walked in. I was like, is Ellen in the house? This is kind of cool. I know. She's our mascot. Well, we have a few mascots in here, but. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's break that down. That was an amazing bio. But, I mean, first of all, we go back to our kids and growing up in the same community and all of those things. And I always knew you as Brandy, you know, fellow mom, staying at home mom, we're doing our thing, getting our kids everywhere. And then you started getting really busy doing, tapping into some different things and just trying to find new grooves. And one of the things though, that I thought was so powerful about your bio is the, when you said, before I knew it, I felt invaluable in the workplace when you'd been out a long time. And I think that sentence or phrase nails every woman who opted out of the workforce to raise their children at re-entering is incredibly intimidating because you feel like time has passed you by. And so you took it on and started finding your new groove. So tell us about what you've been up to. Okay. Well, I love how you picked up on that sentence because I am somebody that even after I stopped working, we co-founded a company and you guys know what it's like when when you have a company that you start, it's like your baby mm-hmm. and you don't think about how many hours in a day you're working. You don't think about the fact that you work straight through the weekends, which I did for probably the first three years we were in business. You know, you just go, go, go. And so when our company, it, it's a crazy story, but it ended up going into bankruptcy because of, of a loan and the whole thing. And it happened really rather quickly. And so there was all these opportunities to continue working because I was on the management team, obviously. And I was like, I want to stay home and raise my kids, which I wouldn't change for anything in the world. But that being said, I was so used to the work mentality. It's all I've ever done my whole life that like I was never the mom that knew it was summer and said, let's take our kids to the beach. That wasn't me. I'm always in go mode. Do you know what I mean? Looking for emails at two in the morning and working on weekends. And my husband's like, what are you doing? You're a mom. You chose to be a mom. And so, you know, I did do that for years and you brought up the writing and I did write a column for quite a while. And you guys, that was so much fun. And I love all the interaction and feedback I got from everyone, but that did not take like any time for me. You know, something would happen. I'd sit down, I'd wing out an article and send it in. And I was like, you know, one day I was laying in bed, I'm going to say about three years ago. And I don't sleep a lot. Admittedly, I'm very much of an insomniac. And I was like, I know I can't. My second kid's going to go to college in a couple of years and I cannot be searching for like the golden grail of what I should be doing with my life. And so my very supportive husband of all my crazy stuff I've done said, I have one of those too, by the way. (laughs) I think we all need one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Because he just said, Randy, go do something that would be really fun for you. You know, he's like, it's not about the money right now. Find like your joy. My shirt. Yes. He said, find your joy. And you guys, the other funny thing is I was never a big shopper. So I'm not a big retail, like, let's go shopping with friends. I don't lunch with friends. Again, it's not what I've done because I always feel like I should be working. I don't know why I feel this way, but I do. And so... I said, you know, I love this story anthropology and I love the home stuff and the clothes are fun. And on a whim, I went in there and I got this job. And um, the, the truth is, it's been two years now and it's one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life. It's just that cool. Are you still there? I'm there on Sundays. Oh, that's awesome. Because they were really good to me when this whole new project came up. And I said, listen, guys, through working here and realizing how much fun I have with women and how much fun I have working with this Gen Z generation. And let's just go there. I am so protective of this generation. Like, I'll kick you to the curb if you're going to say anything about them, because it's like these girls I work with, they're in their young 20s. They all go to UCSD or San Diego State. They're in sororities. They've got boyfriends. They've got jobs. Some of them have to commute on two different buses to get there. And then I'll hear people talking about this generation that they're so lazy. And I'm like, I'll literally put on my boxing gloves and take you out. I'm like, I work with them. (laughs) They're not lazy. They're really kick butt young ladies. And um, I've just learned so much from working with them and the joy I get from taking a pretty salty customer 
They're pretty salty today, guys, after COVID. The joy I get from watching her walk into my fitting room and leave laughing and smiling and wearing some clothes that she enjoys. And then the young girls are like, God, I can't believe, like, you turned that around. She was like a crab apple when she came in. And I'm like, you guys, our job is to, like, break them like a Ritz cracker. They're going to come in. (laughs) We're going to stomp on them, slap peanut butter on them, and they're going to leave here happy. And they do. And that's what led me to be like, okay, when my son actually goes goes to college, there needs to be more. And I have like finally found my lane. So what I'm hearing is that you and all your life experience and your fun energy go into this environment that is predominantly Gen Z. And they look at you as a mentor. They see you as, wow, this woman is something really to look up to. And the influence that you have on them and helping them, is that how it kind of got started into your next step? Or your inspiration for that? Yeah, I would absolutely say that, Lisa, because what happened was when I walked into this retail environment, and I've never worked in one, so you have to know that. I don't know what I'm even doing. I can't see without my glasses. I mean, I'm really like the granny of the group. (laughs) And it it, it felt very stiff at first. I'm not going to lie, because listen, I get it. You know, you don't make commission when you work anthropology, but you have goals that you want to hit throughout the day. And I start there with no idea of what I'm doing. And within the first month, this is one of my favorite stories. I called Michael. I walk in, and um, this beautiful woman answered. opens the door and I've never seen her before and she's like are you Randy Crawford and I'm like maybe and she's like you know you've won and I won some big award. I still don't know what it was. I remember calling my husband and I said, how did I win this? And she's like, you're the number one like salesperson in all of California in your first month. And I'm like, I am like, what, what did I even do? And uh, it was, I really still to this day, but here's what I did. I walked in there. And when you come in the fitting room, I'm so honest with you. Like if Lori, you try something on and it's way too big on you, I'm going to be like, you know, her friend might be there and be like, oh, you know, it's pretty cute. And the young sales girl's like, oh, you are so darling. And I'm going to be like, Glory, you look like shit. Get back in the fitting room. I'm not selling that to you. And but I didn't do it to be funny. I did it because like, I don't want someone to get home and have clothes that they their significant others like, what are you wearing? And oh, this girl, Randy, told me I looked great in it. So I was very, very honest with customers from the beginning. And next thing I know, like I have all the young girls like, how do you do that? And I'm like, you guys you have to stop being so task-oriented and start being more, pe- like, read the room. This is not rocket science. This is retail. This should be fun. When you walk in, it's, you, you know, you're taking your time out of your day to come into this mall, to come into this store. You want to have fun. That's it. And I just, uh, I get, I would leave there so high, you guys, because you both know as moms, our kids aren't like, thank you for doing our laundry. Mm-hmm. Thank you for taking, you know what I mean? None yeah. of that. But you leave work like this and they're like all like high-fiving you in your little walkie set, like, Randy, amazing day. Gosh, it was, you know, and it just, as a person that had been out of the workforce for a while, it felt so good. Hmm. So I'm having trouble hearing you. <laughs> Her... <laughs> Her little friend is having trouble. We're not having trouble hearing you, Randy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was she, she was crazy. Okay. Pick it up and put it back down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So Thanks. I, okay, I'm going to tap into something you said because I think it's really invaluable. And I think it's maybe one of the reasons why you're such a guru at doing this and mentoring, et cetera. What you just talked about is EQ. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that these kids have been so drilled into a an inch wide mile deep of you're all about being a number versus being that empathetic, read the room, relate to people, have social skills type of individual. I 100% I do. In fact, you know, when I first got there and they showed me all the roles that I could be doing, uh, one of them was behind the cash register. They call it cash wrap in the retail biz. Oh. You guys, Ooh. cash wrap <laughs> would give you diarrhea. It's very stressful at cash wrap because people return items that they've worn, worn for maybe two years and they come back without a receipt and you're like oh hi you know I'd like to return this and you're like okay can I see the receipt and they're like oh can't you just look me up and so if you ever notice when you go into anthropology you're waiting on a long line it's usually because the poor girls working cash wrap are having to go through years worth of receipts and so I like that's my point though they're very task oriented and very good at that whereas someone like myself (laughs) I like I broke into a like a sweat I was like okay if you're returning you need to go to the next person. I'm just here to ring you up. And I lasted for a day. And then they made me like the head stylist because, you know, I, cause they Cause know you your lane. Style. 
I, and I don't even have style. Look at me. <laughs> okay, but just so you know, her shirt says "Joy is now," yeah. and I love that yeah. shirt. That's so cool. No, you do have style. You know. I'm glad you're saying all this because one of the things that we have well-rounded kids, Lisa and I. Well, so does she. Well, well so does she. We'll get, well, no, no, but I'm, I'm, I, I'm not going to speak on behalf of, of cr- cr- to my crazy to my my right. No, oh but God, it, part funny. of the thing that I think gets disheartening with kids that are that individual and they're not good with the stat line, so to speak. You know, I mean, kids are measured. I mean, I'm going through, the, we're both going through college applications. She's got an athlete, but I've got just, you're straight ahead. We're applying early. We're doing this. And it's the slicing and dicing of numbers. And I try to tell my kids, I, I know it seems like that, and that's the fog of it right now, but it's so important to also be, one, a good human, to be able to relate to people, and three, be able to work a room. And I think we've kind of lost that emphasis on this Gen Z type of, that's my opinion. I think that we've lost the emphasis, but what I think is key, and I think this goes across all generations, is their age and life experience, they don't have that. It's very easy at our age to say, this is what you need to be looking for. But we were like them when we were their age, to some degree. We don't know what we don't know. And I just think a lot of these kids haven't had the life experience to take it to that level. You know what I mean? I do. I guess what I'm trying to get at is is the way in which we measure them and therefore they're yeah. told to measure themselves. And what you're drawing out of these girls is the, the lost art of being able to relate and to communicate and look someone in the eye and tell them like the, those pants look like shit on you, right? Being honest and being, it, that's the art that the I human think. human side. Yeah, the yeah. human side, the, the emotional IQ, right? Yes. It's, it's, it's so true, you guys. I mean, when I, I go in there now, and I'll be very honest with you, I was kind of joking, but since all the people, let's say women, because that's who shops at our store, got vaccinated, you started getting in all those customers that haven't left their homes since March of 2020, right? Which is a different group than the people that even before getting vaccinated, they're going to go out, they're going to live their life, they're going to shop till they drop. Right. This group of women, and I don't say this in a judgy way, some of them have lost the ability to just remember how to treat people. Right. So, I mean, again, I am fiercely loyal when they don't treat some of the girls that I work with because like, this is a very funny story, but this just happened to me a month ago. This woman came in, I was working the fitting room doing my styling and this adorable girl working cash wrap kept saying to me, she had taken a phone call, Randy, I need you to go pull all these outfits and petite for this customer. Three times she asks me to do it. Three times I don't get it done because I'm busy and I'm working with people. The customer finally arrives to the store and I like, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll help you. I haven't pre-pulled it, but I want to know what you like anyway. Follow me and blah. And we're walking around and she's loving life. And I find all these dresses for her. She tries them all on. Everything is great. Now it's the end of my shift and I have 30 minutes left in my shift. So when I have 30 minutes left, sometimes what they do is they put me up to the front and I'm a greeter, which I really dislike <laughs> this job. I, they're like, you're so good. You make everyone so happy. I'm like, I, why are you paying me to stand up here and say hello to people? But that's what I do. So I'm standing there and my niece walks in. And so she witnesses this whole thing, my 22-year-old niece, the woman that I had been helping who was so happy is storming out of my store. Like, like you know how we're all energy? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. energy was an energy you didn't want to, like, get wrapped up in. But me being me, I'm like, hey, like, Michelle, what are you doing? What's, like, happening? And she pauses for a minute to think about whether or not she's going to say anything. And she turns around and she goes, she, and, you know, she points to the girl who had been trying to get me to help her all day does not know that the customer is always right. And she proceeds to go on this tangent about this young girl. My niece is staring at me like, what just happened? And I was like, okay, you know, I was fiercely loyal to this girl who had helped her all morning. But, you know, and I was just like, I think... I just think you need to like take a deep breath and take a step back because I said, I, you know, she's the one that was trying to help me help you get all your dresses this morning. And, you know, when you point something like out that out to somebody, all of a sudden they do, they step back and they're like, oh my God, like, I'm sorry. And, but a lot of times these young girls, they don't know that you can do that, but I'll tell you right now, don't do that to me. You don't make enough money in retail for any of that kind of attitude. Like we're all here. You guys, we're all in this together. And so it has been a little bit tougher working since people got vaccinated. And, um, and so 
my job is actually that much harder in terms of bringing those smiles out in women. And that is also part of what led me to doing what I'm doing today, because I knew I wanted less of that and more of how am I going to help people unwind? Because we are way too tightly wound right now. Well, let's go to that. Yeah. Let's let's go to that and how all of this inspired you. Tell us what you're doing now. So I'm on a walk one day and I'm listening to another podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, his name is Guy Raz. And I'm listening to this podcast that I always listen to called How I Built This. Because I'm always thinking I'm going to draw inspiration. And I never do. You know, I'm not going to start like a pancake company or Soul Cycle or whatever. But it's fun. And one day I hear him in the beginning of May interviewing this guy, Jay Shetty. I had never heard of him. He's a monk. He had this incredible story. And just all I can say about that is every single thing that came out of this guy's mouth, I was like deeper and deeper into the story. And midway through the podcast, I'm not even making this up. I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. Griffin's going to go to school. I'm going to shave my head, move to India and live like a monk, be very uncomfortable, take cold showers, sleep on hard floors, and it's going to come to me. Like, that's where my head was at. I was like, Mike would think I'm crazy, but he'll support me. And um, <laughs> he, he'll be like, really? And I'll be like, I'm gone. I got I need I need divine inspiration right about right. now. And by the end of the podcast, I learned that he has this school for giving you certification for life coaching. And I. I, I can't explain to you guys, like, when something is so dialed into your, like, energy and your zone, it hit me like a, like a, like something just fell from the sky. And I am I had looked up life coaching because I was really enjoying the stuff at Anthro. And you guys, it never felt right. Like, you'd see someone sitting there with a stack of books, like, you know, I know things and you don't. And I don't know anything about anything. I'm like, that's not me. Wait, right, wait, wait, I have to interrupt you there because I, this is my pet peeve. Is when you go on Instagram and you see a 23-year-old life coach, <laughs> because it's like kind of the vernacular now, well, I'm a life coach, and but I'm really selling you product and I'm really an influencer. Well, and it, so I, yes. I totally get what you mean by that is like, it, if it doesn't land with you, it, it really doesn't land with you. It turns you off. Yeah. Yeah. It turns you off. And everything about what Jay Shetty was saying, like serving other people. And if you think about it, I mean, I'm sure you guys are the same way. You give a gift. Well. In your case, maybe not. But if you give a gift, you feel way better, right? When you give something and somebody is like really excited. Now I'm laughing, looking at you, thinking of our little monkey there. But oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. But you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. I, I gave good. a really bad gift to my husband <laughs> and we're laughing about it. It was a funny. Well, yeah. I'm just thinking like we, that was what we talked about before yeah. the show. But you, as I'm listening to him talking about serving others, you know, and he's not talking about knowing more than anyone else. He's just talking about how you can help other people. So I immediately went home. I looked up this course. And, of course, it's an investment and the whole thing. And I tell my husband. And within 30 seconds, Mike is like, yes, yes, and yes. I want you to sign up Monday morning. Rennie, this is really the culmination of what you have been doing your whole life, working with women and finding ways to connect. And I basically signed up, you guys, in May. The program's supposed to take a year. It took me four months. I just, I would get up every day at five in the morning because it's back to that when I was a co-founder of that company, when you love something so much, you know, you don't think about, you know, well, how, how gosh, I don't have the time for this or whatever. And you just go, you just go. And that's what I did. I went hard. I graduated way before I thought I would. And, um, and I still just can't stop learning every day. It's what I do. Well, let's talk about, what you're doing now, because I think it's such a great relevant topic and it's at the tip of a lot of our tongues, the pressures of, and we're, we're going to keep it with women. I mean, they're pressures of, of all young adults right now, but, but girls in particular, let's like go right down that rabbit hole because look, we talked on the phone, Randy. And one of the things that happened this past week is Facebook and Instagram went down and secretly I was kind of hoping it was the Russians and it was never coming back <laughs> because it does concern me that these gals are facing these daunting comparatives and a lot of pressures to be ultra spectacular. Lead us down that. Well, you know, for me, I'm one of the early 
early people that never, ever, ever, ever understood or enjoyed Facebook because I never understood, like, let's just say your daughter's a rock star and going to this amazing school to play sports, right? You're going to tell your friends that, but does that have to be announced to the whole world? And then when you do announce it to the whole world, your whole point is like, oh, you know, I just wanted my family. And no, if you wanted your family to see it, you would have sent them a text. You wanted the whole world to see it. And while I'm not judging that, it that is what you're doing. So I never really understood that and I want to say that what what I'm seeing now is that between Instagram, TikTok, and um, Snapchat, all of them, not Facebook as much because I don't think younger people use that as much. Mm-hmm. But it's it's more than just the peer pressure, Lori. It's like it's fr- it starts with the looks, but it's it's like with the girls that are in college. It's like the should I have this internship? Oh, you know, should yeah. I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Yes. Like. We want so badly to, like, shake these girls, right? And be like, guys, you have to do what you love or you are never going to be happy. But all you do all day is scroll through social media and compare yourself to others. And you guys, comparing yourselves to others is just going to be the death of us. And it's impossible not to. So we have an incredibly, incredibly stressed out group of um, of young women. And I, I am focusing this. I focus everything I've ever done has been focused on women. So I'm not saying it doesn't happen with young men. But I'm saying that the pressures that they are facing from their looks to being in the right sorority, to having the right clothes, the right bags, the right shoes, the right boyfriends, being in the right friend group, to the right job, the right internship. It's, it's so enormous that these girls, are they're experiencing stomach issues they have mm-hmm. so much anxiety they become dysfunctional mm-hmm. they tell you well I'm studying for 10 hours a day but I think a lot of that is like don't confuse motion with action you're not studying for 10 hours or eight hours a day you're probably on your social media for nine hours studying for one but it's just the constant no it's a hundred percent it's by I have three daughters and it's you just described my daughter's life I mean, right now we're in the job thing. Last summer it was the internship. No, 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 that one isn't good enough because that's not what other people are getting. And they constantly measure and we're creating, these kids are creating, they feel like they have to be like everyone else and losing their individuality and measuring. And it's, it's, it's daunting. It's exhausting and it's bad for their health. Well, I'm going to add something to this component and, and my my boys feel a little bit of the same way but but boys are different i think boys aren't social media comparative as much as women but they do the whole gym locker kind of like well i'm doing this you know rah, rah. but i will say this we as parents we're putting gasoline on this fire because what do we do our kids at a football game and or a tournament, a lacrosse tournament or a baseball tournament or basketball. And we have to give the whole stats line to the whole world. And what's happening is we think it's just other adults that might be seeing this, but their kids are seeing it. And while they're at these tournaments are thinking, well, why didn't I get a private trial? Why didn't I get asked to do this? Why didn't we're we're bad at it, too. I sometimes think that as parents, we're sucked into a, a system where we want it like we're, we're on this hamster wheel and we want to get off, but we can't. And you just brought me back to a story when my husband was a coach of a basketball team when my son was maybe in not even in middle school yet. I think he was still, you know, in elementary school. And I remember this like it was yesterday. They were like the number one team forever. And then they had a year where they didn't have a good year. And my husband called the other coach and said, listen, I don't want to get them all, you know, they each got these little rings or whatever. We're not going to do that for them because they didn't win. I'm not punishing them. It's just, it's so stupid. And I remember the other coach saying, Mike, I agree with you, but the parents paid for that. That's part of what they paid for. It's part of what they expect. And the two of us just looked at each other and we're like, you know what? We're never getting off of this. Like this is this is just and I know it's like so old and so cliche to be like everybody gets a trophy, but this is what we have created. And until collectively, like we stop the madness, but it's 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 only getting worse. It's not getting better. And I'll I'll just tell you a a personal anecdotal that, you know, I was kind of having a conversation with someone like, why is it that someone posts something, let's say it's about your husband or your child, and you know, they're in the room together, but they're having a fucking conversation on social media. Like, why aren't you turning to your spouse and just telling him or text them or whatever? Like, it's just creepy weird. And it was my anniversary and I put a post up. 
we have like three dates in our anniversary. So we weren't celebrating that night. And in fact, we, we weren't even together until later. And I did the same fucking thing. He comments on my post and then I comment back on his comment and I go, Oh my God. Oh exactly my God. what you said. You get on this wheel and it's like, I, and I, I like, I felt like, Oh my God, should I delete it? I'm like one of those people now. <laughs> But I didn't. You're one of them. I'm one of them. Help me. No, it's, you know what, it is, I, I've just noticed that it's really, really hard. And then I was saying this to Lori briefly on the phone, but many, many years ago, I had a very extremely traumatic experience and nothing I need to go into. But what happened was- Why it not? Was, what? Why not? <laughs> well, I mean, you want to hear the story? I do, actually. Oh, God. Okay. It's crazy. It's going to it's so crazy. You're probably not even going to believe it. I had just had, I grew up in Texas on a big ranch, and I had many people uh, around me, so I was sort of in a bubble. Were they hot wranglers? Yes, okay. they were hot wranglers. Ding, I, ding. I was very happy to go to get my scholarship and go to rodeo college, and my dad was like, it's a hard no. <laughs> Both my parents were a rodeo clown? Yeah. No, not a clown. I wanted to go, like, do my goat tying and everything. Oh, okay. awesome. Both of my parents, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm an onion. Both of my parents went to <laughs> Ivy League schools, and they're like, you're not doing it. I would have had a scholarship and stayed at a rodeo college, <laughs> They let me, but they didn't. So I go to, I end up getting into Villanova. It's on the East Coast. I know nothing about it. And um, after my freshman year, I moved back to Dallas with some girlfriends. And I that was new for me. I'm not in a bubble anymore. I'm living with some girlfriends. And very long story short, there was a man that summer who used to walk up to women in parking lots. And he would say to them, like he'd say, somebody's following you. I'm going to walk you up to your apartment. And, mm. and so he would walk them up to their apartment, call 911 rape them and murder them. And anyways, this happened for, for uh, this summer that I was there. So one day, my roommates and I, our dog gets stolen. And I had just had a job working in a doctor's office. It was not a big deal. So I was like, I'll take the day off. I'll go look for, and I'm going to put posters up everywhere. And it was a huge apartment complex. And because I didn't have street smarts, so I'm just admitting that now. Now mm -hmm. I'm like an FBI agent. I promise you anywhere we go, I will tell you everybody at like 12, 6, 9, and 3. But <laughs> right. in the day, I'm like, you're all my friends. So I'm looking for this dog, and this man walks up to me, and he asks me a question. And I'm like, oh, I mean, you guys, it's like a scene from a movie. I'm looking for my puppy dog. And he runs away from me as fast as you can imagine. And I have no red flags that go up. So I'm like, okay, like whatever. And I'm just continuing to put up signs for my dog. And a little bit later, I'm down below where I'm cornered mm. into a, um, and this guy comes up to me with a gun. And anyways, the whole thing. And, and I, but me being me, I talk my way through the whole thing. I'm like, oh my God, like you're that guy. And, and by the grace of God, truly, this couple was home. It was like 11 in the morning on a Tuesday. And they were home because she asked her boyfriend to take the day off so they could shop. They open the door to go shopping, and I'm standing there naked with a man with a gun in my face. Oh, my God, Randy. But, but the way my brain worked, you guys, I thought they were in on it because, like, how would that just happen, right? So I'm like, oh, my God, like, I'm going to be, like, you know, taken by a gang. And the man takes off, and the guy chases him and takes off after him. And he never caught him, but what happened was I actually became agoraphobic. I couldn't leave the house after this. So my dad makes me— um, go home. He lived in Palm Beach at the time, and I couldn't actually leave my home for months. And so I started going to a psychiatrist, and I, I am not knocking psychiatrists at all, but they gave me all this Xanax. Mm. If you know me, I take Advil, and, um, and Advil is like the strongest thing I take. So the Xanax had me so loopy, they were able to send me back to college. And I was there for like a week, and I was like, I can't function like this. So my dad is like, stop taking the medicine, and he finds a nurse practitioner. And this is many years ago. I'm 53. This is when I was about 18. And he finds a nurse practitioner who says, I am going to get your daughter living a normal life after nine sessions. No medicine, no nothing. And you guys, as God is my witness, nine sessions I spend with her. And it's it was a form of cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. I mean, we just talked. Yeah. And— and after nine sessions, I was like back to living my life, like normal. Mm. I was able to leave my house. And it's just, it's an interesting thing because I was, I tell everybody, I mean, I learned at a very young age that our brains are, they are just so powerful. It's indescribable. Mm -hmm. It is, it is so powerful to me what happened and how she unlocked things 
that that gave me life again and why I find that so relevant. I mean, so I never thought about it till I started doing what I'm doing now. Of course, that's why I've always worked with women. I it's not that I stay away from men, but I kind of do. I Like you say, I'm 100% a girl's girl. I'm not afraid of men, and I don't dislike men. In fact, I love my husband and my son more than life and my male dog, but I, I am uncomfortable. And if I'm in a meeting with a bunch of men, I it just makes me—it actually, it triggers me. And so um, when I started doing this, this Jay Shedding coaching, finding that it is just— you have to be in the zone and open to needing it. But boy, if you're a young girl, young adult woman, and you're really stuck and you're just, you're paralyzed, you're actually paralyzed from anxiety and stress and can't find a way to unstick. Like, I feel like, baby, I've lived it. I promise you I know it. I promise you I know anxiety. I mean, look at my fingernails. See, I feel like I'm a perfect example of don't judge a book. Because if you didn't know me and you're with all these whatever women, and you were to look at my hands, you'd be like, God, she's like, you know, look at Randy. She bites her neck. I am a very anxious person. I always have been. And, um, and I always live on edge because of this thing that happened to me. Sure. And so it's why when this life coaching came about and so many people contacted me about their daughters, I was like, oh gosh, I mean, I feel you. I hear you. I am you. I am her. I got this. And that's basically, I I couldn't believe in anything anymore than what I'm doing. I could not. Wow. 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 So, I love. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. <laughs> I've never shared that. And I mean, all three of us are like, I was very emotional. Yes. And I wasn't even expecting. I, I last thing I expected. And thank you for because if you know Randy. And just like you said, don't judge a book by the cover. I mean, talk about so I, I said, <laughs> don't I, judge me. You know, in the uh, top of the show, I said she's a fucking Swiss Army knife, and she is. It's like if you you, you are the post on the surface poster child of anything as possible, anything can be done, and you're very witty and acerbic, and the life of the party, and you know, you sit at dinner, and like Randy's going, you know, fascinating, yeah, to talk to and so engaging. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. You know, it's, it's so funny because I have a very open Italian family and it's not that we don't talk about things, but I think when something happens to you that is so unbelievably traumatic mm -hmm. and almost unreal, to be honest with you, you like you just run away from it as fast and as hard as you can. And you never look back and you don't want to talk about it. I've thought about it a lot since doing the life coaching because I read so much content. I read mm -hmm. so many books and I was worried at first, like, am I going to get all re-triggered? But I'm actually not because what you learn is... You have to get things out. You have to process things. When yeah. you process things, it just opens and it sets these new neural pathways. And all of a sudden, so I have this incredible story to share because this is what made me believe in my brain so much. When I was at Villanova the next year, I took a night class in poli sci. Now, my major was psychology and economics, but my friends were all going to Washington. And so I was like, I'll take this class. But it was a night class. So it had me a little uncomfortable because I had to walk in the nighttime across campus and the whole thing. And every night, you guys, I would sit in this class and I had to wear glasses. And every night, this is right before my incident, my glasses would sweat off of my face and it would really bother me. I'd be sitting in class, like pushing these glasses up and I couldn't figure it out. And then I had the breakdown. And one of the things that came out with this nurse, it's just mind boggling is when this incident happened to me, it was in the middle of the day. I was wearing my Ray-Bans. It was really hot. And I'm staring at this guy with this gun and my glasses, they're sweating off of my face, right? So all of a sudden you start, because you're going into detail about what happened and you're talking about it. So now you're able to make that, your brain can make this connection and be like, oh my gosh, I can wear glasses and I'm safe. Like nothing, this isn't going to happen to me again. And your brain just just creates these new pathways. So for people that don't believe, I promise you, this is so bizarre. And after that experience happened, like I've never had the incident now where I put glasses on and they sweat off my face. So it's just when you talk about things and so many of us today, we bottle it all up because we want everybody to think our life is so pretty. These girls want everyone to think their life is so perfect and it's not. So when I talk about coaching, you know, what's interesting about coaching is I'm not mentoring. It's nothing like being an anthropology. I'm not telling you, you look like shit or you need to do this. There's no advice bombs. Mm -hmm. It's not that at all. I'm literally listening to you. I am mm -hmm. listening. That's what it's all about. And you learn in coaching is you talk maybe 10% of the time and the person talks, your client talks 90% of the time. And you have to be smart enough to ask the right questions mm -hmm. to get them to 
you know, for them to bring it out. So it's not, you know, I'm not diagnosing you. I'm not, it's not therapy. It's you do therapy with your therapist and gosh, do I believe in that. But a coach helps you now like move forward. And that is completely what, this is such a full circle for my life. And that's why I've found it. Once your kid feels that they can be safe with someone else and just feel free to talk, it's everything. It's everything. This is great. I know. I'm loving this. Okay, I have a question for you. So for for those parents, and again, we'll stick in the lane of young women that are seeing their daughter struggle, or, or maybe they're not, they're not even aware of it. What is your recommendations for things that they can t- do and... Well, I think I have so many different thoughts on what people can do. Again, it's something that your child, your daughter needs to be open to. But I, right. the first thing I think is that we all, we're all human and we all need human connection. It's, it's like, to me, the most important thing. And so they need your, your daughter or son needs to have somebody that they can reach out to a friend, a cousin, you know, a sibling, it doesn't matter, but we all need somebody. And if you have none of those then you can seek out a therapist or depending on if you're, you know, how deep the problem is. Another thing, you guys, that's incredible and it's a way to process if you don't want to see somebody, which I totally understand, you get a journal and you just mm-hmm. tell your child, just do this for me. I promise you this will work. Wake up every single morning and write down in that journal. Just write down three things that you are grateful for that day. I don't care if you write my mom, my dad, my dog. You know, the sun is shining. It's not raining. Three things you're grateful for. And go throughout your day. Keep that journal by your bed. Go to bed every night. And I don't care how bad your day was. And we all have unbelievably bad days. Find three things in your day that you're grateful for and write them down. And if you start doing this every day, this isn't, you know, carrying it around, keeping it with you, writing a lot, just three things every morning and every night that you're grateful for and you find gratitude. It's it's such a mindset, you guys. It's unbelievable. Because think of the kids that wake up every day and there's millions of them. They're like, oh God, you know, I have that test and my teacher sucks and they didn't even teach it and they're gonna, they suck. Or oh, I practiced tonight and I really don't want to go because I'd rather go to this concert with my friends or whatever. It's so easy for our kids with the 8 million different distractions to find a million reasons why today could suck. And I'm with them. It can suck. But find the things that don't suck, and it will completely start to change your mindset as you do that every single day. So I think that that—and another really big one for me, and I don't I don't want to sound wacky and weird, but another very big thing that has changed my entire life is meditation. And I'm not talking about 30 minutes or even 15. I'm talking about it could be as little as five minutes. There are a million free apps there. I do it through my Peloton, uh, but there's so many free apps and you just give yourself five minutes when you wake up in the morning or before you go to bed at night. That is just your time to just sit and sort through, you know, what's going on so you can sort of make sense of it. And it is, it's, um, it just could be very life-changing. Obviously, I think exercise and physical movement, especially for our, you know, I'll, my own daughter, when she's back at Villanova, if she's so stressed and ah, I'm studying all day, I'm like, Erin, go to the gym. She goes mm-hmm. to the gym. She feels a million times better. Yep. Mm-hmm. So these kids and sleep. I mean, and I know that I say that and that's a joke, right? Because our kids have so much homework and sports and 8 million things that they're doing. But I mean, oh man. Yeah, if you if don't our, sleep. If you're, you don't sleep. Yeah. I have always been an anti-meditative person because I, I probably like you and a little bit like we can't, sometimes we just can't turn it off. Can't turn it off. So I'm like, I can't meditate. I'm like the hummingbird. I'm everywhere. I'm on constant. But what I have done since probably the pandemic where everything has slowed down uh, is every morning and my husband knows when I'm outside with my coffee, don't fucking come out. It's my time with quiet, with the birds. You've heard me when Mm -hmm. I've taken a call after my coffee Mm -hmm. and you hear, oh, there's little birdies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I agree with you. Just that moment of just quiet Mm -hmm. and trying to get out of your head. Mm -hmm. But I love the idea of the three things, bookending the day. That's that's. That's something I'm going to do. Well, you know, my husband yeah. a couple of weeks ago had this really crappy day at work and he's a pretty easygoing guy, if you know, yes, there's like yes. not a lot that rattles him, but he was really kind of pissy. And I'm like, 
what are you doing? Like, what? So we were going to bed, and I'm like, Mike, I want you to write down three things that happened today that were good. And he was, like, on his phone, and he's, like, kind of annoyed with me. But then he did it. And then the next night he did it. And now he does it. So he doesn't do it every morning, but he does it at night. Absolutely does it. Because, you guys, everything in our—what I'm saying about our brain being so powerful, it's—we could change our entire mindset if we wake up and go to bed with gratitude. And and I don't want that to sound hunky-dory or weird. It's just a fact. Wooju wooju. Yeah, it's well, wooju wooju. And I, <laughs> I think that we're moving in a direction where it's more okay to to talk about them. You see, uh, coaches. Um, I was just I forget which coach it was for some college football team, and he was talking about you know, athletes taking time off because they need the mental or it was a hockey player and a goalie that just took time off for mental to take care of his mental health. And it's becoming more and more okay and more talked about in circles like sports where it's the most protected and, and not something you would do. So it's moving in that direction in all areas. And I think it's going to help get easier and easier. Well, and the other thing that I think is key is I think it's very hard for parents because we have our parenting egos to admit that something's not right and it, it, and something might not be right in the home. The energy, the the collaboration, because it is a collaboration, it's a dance we do. And, you know, just to step back and go, you know what, I'm over my head right now. Like, I, it's okay to admit that you need someone outside of the home to maybe impart a different dynamic. No parent wants their kid to be labeled like that. So you try and be very quiet about it and you try and protect it. Whereas I think this whole thing that just happened with Simone Biles at the Olympics mm -hmm. is one of the most prolific oh, yeah. things that's happened in our time. And, and Oscana, the tennis player. Uh -huh. Yeah, 100%. 100%. What Simone did in that moment and just looked dead in the cameras, the hats off to her, just yeah. saying, I'm not okay. Yeah. And the whole world was watching. I mean, her other teammates were kicking ass but the whole world wanted to put the camera on Simone because she was the wounded bird. Yeah. And and to the way that she dealt with that with yeah. Grace and when you when but what's interesting, Lori, is the older generation, like my husband would come home from work and be like, Randy, it's really weird, but like the next generation above us, they're all like so pissed about it and they're yeah. disgusted. And because see that generation is a pull yourself up by the bootstraps, right. yeah. get yeah. your ass in gear and like get out the door. That's not, and it's like, are you looking at the fact that this girl was like sexually abused by her trainer? One little thing, and she's right. She's doing death-defying stunts on could could paralyze her or could ruin her. But I think that we get it, this generation and and below. But man, and the we're older people, we're getting sure. better. Yeah, mm -hmm. thank God, thank God yeah. for that. Okay, Randy, I just have to say that was this has been so powerful, and you've shared so much, and I can't thank you enough for that, for being so open and trusting us with your story. What I'd like to know is if I have a daughter, well, I do, but if our listeners have daughters or where can they find you if they feel that they've had conversations with their daughter and they know this is something that they would benefit from and their daughter's bought in, because I think that's key. They have to be bought in to wanting to open up and talk to people when they're struggling. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And basically, I have a website, which is randycrawfordcoaching.com. Okay. Randy with an I. And what they'll find on my website is that they have an ability, the ability to go to my Calendly app and book a free 30 minute session. So the way that these sessions work are they're, Zo they're over Zoom. It's not in person unless they want it to be. And I could talk to their daughter over Zoom. She's in her bedroom. She's I'm it's private at my house. It's private at her house. And if after 30, 45 minutes, however much time she needs, she says, I'm comfortable, then I have a program that's either a month long program where we talk once a week or a three month program. Obviously, you can extend that, but I'm certainly hoping I can help you know, ease your anxiety and whatnot in a three-month program. But sometimes, I mean, I work for client, with clients for longer than that because maybe they have one thing that they kind of want to knock out and we knock that out and then they want to work on something else. So, but the key is the free discovery session because that's where her daughter can talk to me and decide, you know, I love her, I hate her. It's going to work, it's not going to work. Excellent. Awesome. That is excellent. And we'll have all your information on our website and your link and everything. So we can... Make sure everyone finds you. I think I think this is so good. As a mother of girls, I can't tell you how many times I've wanted 
my daughter to talk to somebody besides me. Thank you. Yes. All okay, right. Okay, you spicy meatball. Are we? Let's end on a little fun. Yes. Because you're you're good with the banter, and then we're going to end on. A little birdie told me you like Queen. <laughs> she love Queen. Yeah, she is Queen. She, she love Queen. <laughs> okay, all right. So we're gonna do. And Lisa, you're part of this because this is gonna be a really fun lightning round. It's this or that. Oh, okay. Okay, and I want okay. you in on it because okay. I want listeners to know you're this or that too. Oh, okay. Okay, you so ready? Randy, she, she she tell you she does. We do lightning round, Lori, and I never know what the questions are that she's going to ask the guest. They're her little private. I'm stressed session. out. Let's yeah, have so. a hot seat. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Did you hear that? Like thunder? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was lightning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Burger or taco? Burger. Burger. Yeah, I'm burger. Yeah. Okay. Football or basketball? Basketball. Football. 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 College basketball. Yes, I agree. Okay. I do like college basketball, but. Okay. Bath or shower? Shower. Shower in the morning, bath at night. Yes. Yes and yes. With a cup of hot tea. Only I'll do a jacuzzi at night. You do your jacuzzi. Her and Sean jacuzzi. Are you naked? (laughs) No, she is naked. We have an episode that's all about her being naked in the jacuzzi. Okay. If you missed that one. Um, New car or new interior? In your house. Oh, gosh. Bold. New house. New interior in my house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. New, new house. Right now in my life, new house. New Easy. interior in yeah. the house. New yeah. interior. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Sneakers or sandals? Sneakers. Hoka's. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm um, totally a sneaker girl. It's the jock in me. Yeah. I think I'm a sandal. Okay. Yeah, you are a sandal. You're wearing yeah. sandals. I know. Blue or red? Blue. Red. Pink. Pink? Well, pink, I love pink. Pink West is Point my is favorite pink? color, but you didn't give me that option. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Careful. Okay. At a movie, candy or popcorn? Candy. candy. Yeah, candy. Mix With popcorn. popcorn. Mix the yes. chocolate and the popcorn. Yes, put a little milk dud mm-hmm. in your popcorn. Oh, I'm a milk mm, dud mama. I love me sweet. some pop, like some movie. And sometimes you get the really stale kinds and it doesn't matter. Nope. Okay. Pancake or waffle? Pancake. Uh, pancake, yeah. I like I like a little texture. I like waffle. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Money or free time? Both? Money? 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 Money equals free time, exactly. right? Yeah. It's a resource. What moron made that this or that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Final one. And you better answer this one, right? Okay. Music or podcast? Podcast. podcast. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay. We are going to end on a little song. You like, got your lyrics? Yes, we I do. Think this is we so, don't even need our lyrics for this song. I, I, I'm just going to use it as backup because it's Freddie, right? It's Freddie. Yeah. And the best. Uh, it has such a great song yeah. to live on, leave off of because we, you know, we, we are champions. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Little We Are the Champions. Okay. We so so much for being here today and just opening up and telling us and letting the world know how amazing you are because we knew it guys this was so fun i can't thank you enough i love our whole studio 50 this is awesome let's make it a habit let's make it a habit all right have a great weekend bye bye guys follow us on instagram at she's a 10 times five click on the link in our bio to listen You can also find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe.